0: Welcome to the Chirpin' Birds podcast. Uh, Merry Christmas, happy holidays to all. Hope they were enjoyable. Uh, Unfortunately, the Eagles fall to the Cowboys uh, 40 to 34 uh, in a heartbreaking, uh, sort of crushing fashion that was definitely a winnable game. Uh, we'll get into uh, that a bit. Uh, most have has been said already, I feel, but uh, we're we're doing a double up here as the holidays uh, got away from us a bit, and we'll be previewing the upcoming uh, second opportunity to clinch the number one seed against the Saints at home. Uh, draft pick implications there. Uh, all very exciting. Before we get started, Mike, how you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Uh had a nice Christmas, got a lot of uh, time with family, a lot of good food. So um, looking forward to what the new year has in store. Um, but yeah, the Eagles kind of, it was a, it was a weird kind of game. Um, I, I think the offense looked good overall. I think the defense, um, they had their big plays, but for the most part, kind of, disappointed um kind of came down to the wire there at the end but you know they didn't absolutely need this game the the circumstances of last week made this game um less important and I think that kind of helped soften the blow of this week but like you said a very winnable game uh the Eagles had two different double digit leads throughout the game and ultimately things kind of unravel there towards the end. So kind of a bummer of a result. However, I do think um, there were some positive takeaways in the game, but ultimately left with um, some pretty significant injuries that I think could have an impact in the playoffs for the Eagles if um, if the information doesn't Trend in a better direction over the course of the next few weeks.
0: Yeah, um, I'll. Uh, I guess let's start with the with the defense. Um, like like you said, they they were disappointing. I, I felt the defensive line played well, but uh, like what often happens with um, Jonathan Gannon lately uh, against good quarterbacks. Uh, they, the, the way to beat the Seagulls defense is to get rid of the ball quick. Um, they, they had a number of the sort of mid, uh, level pass, uh, passing game that, uh, resulted in, in those gashes down the field, long, longer drives, um, and all that, um, you know they they played a zone defense most of the game, and Dak was perfect uh, against the zone. Uh, they only played man a little bit, uh, and and was not as Dak was not as uh uh productive against man, uh, which is tough to play for a full game. So understandable that they that would go to a zone, but uh the the stats are just um completely skewed on uh on that uh it, it was reminiscent of the Raiders game last year where Derek Carr was uh had a i don't know like 90% completion percentage for for mm-hmm. a game so uh that that was frustrating it felt like they they did get to dak a couple of times but it it felt like the defensive line was um i i don't want to say like getting home or or pressuring they they were pressuring uh they were having some success against the offensive line in uh getting to a point where they were pressuring dak but by that point dak already had thrown the ball um there were a couple which is hard to be perfect for a full game but like a couple uh uh, times they lost contain on him and he kind of ran for a 12 yard gain a couple of times, which was frustrating. So overall, I felt like the adjustments weren't really made throughout the game from a, uh, general perspective. And, uh, I felt like he was kind of cutting up the, the Eagles, um, which, you know, he, he's a top, you know, 10, 15 quarterback in, in the league. And that kind of quarterback's probably going to, you know, do that until, until he can't, um, it was also reminiscent of, uh, I think it was against the Cowboys, Michael Jaquette had to play and, and they targeted him when Avante Maddox came out, they targeted Josiah Scott and he, uh, didn't uh, have, have too much success either. So, um, Uh, from a holistic standpoint those were kind of like the weak points that that i saw obviously there were big plays the third and 30 um is going to hopefully not but uh you know stick around for uh a while of uh, uh, uh a crushing memory uh so you know there's that and um yeah, you know, overall they, they gave up 40, 40 points. They didn't get the job done. Offense didn't help out, uh, four turnovers. I, I, I don't know how many drives the Cowboys had with actual, like normal field position, like inside their own 30, inside mm-hmm. their own 35. Um, so, you know, that has a lot to do with it too, the turnovers, but, uh, overall, like, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the offense in a bit, but, uh, you have the the pick six um you know the 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 defense probably gets a stop uh if there weren't so many turnovers and honestly like the three the the fourth turnover was probably like they they were still kind of in in the driver's seat they were up 10 blew it up 10 again uh and and blew it with the fourth turnover there but they they were in a position to win the game if they uh, didn't, if miles didn't fumble at that, that last time. So, um, you know, they, they could have marched down the field at plenty of time. I think all three timeouts and the two minute warning, uh, at that point. So, um, you know, there, there were opportunities to win the game, which, uh, you always want to have that felt like they lost the game more than the Cowboys won it in my opinion. Uh, so, uh, a lot to, um, from a loss, a lot to take away that's, uh, positive in that the, the mistakes were correctable. They were not outplayed. Um, and I think that's where you get into the concern of like, are they, uh, do they have the, uh, the potential to go deep in the playoffs, all that kind of stuff. Injuries. we'll we'll talk about did not help at all. Um, but I, I think overall, like a game, you didn't have to clinch, uh, a game that, despite four, three, four turnovers, still had a chance to win. Um, it's pretty positive, especially with the the backup in there. Um, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on the defense.
1: Yeah, I think the defense. Um, you know, I I don't know what more you can expect your defensive line to do. I know that there was some kind of, the the one play where Maddox basically had. Prescott in his grasp. That's like one where it's like, as an Eagles fan, like the refs gotta blow the whistle, but Prescott makes an impressive play. Um Sweat and Reddick, like they're just doing so much damage. They're really becoming a formidable uh, rushing duo Reddick right now. Uh he has 14 on the year, uh, which is the third third most in the league right now. So don't don't take that for granted. Um Sweat, he's got 11 now. 12th in the league right now so those two really doing damage Maddox um, he he gets home on the one where he actually did get him to the ground unfortunately that was a play where he injures his toe he doesn't return and I think that that's really what did the Eagles in here because the majority of um, you know those key third downs or those explosive plays most of that for the Cowboys was between Dak and CD Lamb. Um and that's not really a surprise. Like that's that's the uh it's the connection that you circle on paper. I'm sure like Gannon, like that was the number one priority. Like, don't let this become a game breaking duo. Um but when Maddox uh leaves and Scott replaces him, like they really just kind of spammed that and bullied um, the Eagles defense that way, and since we know that Slay doesn't really travel well, or not that he doesn't travel well, but uh, Gannon's reluctance to have him kind of blanket blanket coverage, um, he kind of trusts scheme over independent players. So they were kind of just going there when they needed to, and whenever they went there, they were getting what they wanted. So. It was really tough. I thought the back seven, uh, the performance wasn't great on the day, but the Cowboys really targeted uh, Maddox's absence and they kind of picked on Scott, which has been a theme throughout the year when Maddox has been out. And um, yeah, the, that bears out in the numbers. You mentioned Prescott, is 24 for 24 for 300 yards when the Eagles plays on defense. And when they're playing man defense, he was three for 11 for 47 yards. So would have liked to see Gannon try a bit more, uh, scheme wise, especially um, after Maddox went out. But it's kind of tough to even expect the Eagles to really do a whole lot when you are playing with your backup slot cornerback. So, funny enough, they tried to do something a bit uh, a bit of a defensive wrinkle on third and thirty, and it ends up backfiring in a big way. Um, really turns the tide of the game there. The Eagles were. Up seven uh with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter off of coming off of back to back sacks, one of them a strip fumble. Um that was the one where the, the ball didn't bounce eagles way. Um but yeah, T. Y. Hilton comes in his first game of the season and makes a really big play. Same as Dak. So that, that was that was one that will certainly sting. And it's there's just no excuse there. Like, I don't care what your defensive play call is there, or the players out on the field, it could be, a, um, you know, two backups. Like you just can't let a, can't let a guy, TY. Like, I know he's a veteran. He's got all the, all the moves in the book, but like he's coming off the couch a few weeks ago. It's third and 30, he just gotta get off the field. And the Eagles time after time could not get off the field on third down. Uh, Cowboys go eight of 15 on third down. Um, also score two touchdowns and that, um group of players that's you just gotta do better to get off the field um I think the Cowboys punted once in the game you gotta have the you gotta have the opposing team punting more than once over the course of the game and funny enough Eagles don't punt once but that's mostly due to turnovers so I'd say overall like looking at this game in reference to a potential playoff matchup i think the eagles there aren't a lot of mysteries of what they would need to do in a theoretical matchup in the playoffs and as far as like i'm not sure what you can do with cd we know that he's a great wide receiver and if they're going to toss him in there in the slot eagles don't really have a great backup plan unless they feel comfortable um and if he's healthy moving CJ Garner Johnson there into the slot, that's primarily what he played with the Saints, and he was a very good one. Um, aside from that, and assuming Maddox isn't healthy, like it's just kind of a tough draw there. Um, in addition to that, you gotta you gotta show Prescott more challenging looks, because we saw it <laughs> this past weekend, like Dak is more than happy to just drop back pick apart your zone defense and move the ball down the field so i th- I thought the defensive line played very well i thought the back seven was um kind of disappointing and throwing gannon there too it's, i feel like the gannon defense it never loses and like oh man well that's a tough one but you could tell that it was challenging it's like whenever they lose it's like man they they lose in such a predictable way which is like a slow death by a million paper cuts fashion. And I would put this game in that group.
0: Yeah. I, I, I get the logic of, um, you need to consistently beat uh, the defense for long sustained drives throughout an entire football game. Uh, you know, that, uh, I don't know. Uh, I I believe that that analytically, um, you know, the probability of a team successfully going down the field for long sustained drives against a defense that only gives you like chunk short chunk plays at a time. I guess that wouldn't be a chunk; that would be a morsel plays. I don't know, uh, something like that. Uh, m- more likely than not, you would be successful off of those but uh when you're giving up four yards at a time and and playing poorly on third and uh fourth down the whole game then uh those numbers probably get get skewed in favor of the offense so um but yeah with the slot corner issue is interesting because if, if they do move uh CJ to the slot um I, I would feel better uh about the Blankenship Wallace duo um, at that second safety spot. I think that uh they they both have inexperience or lack experience. Um, and, and might be good for, you know, a, a missed assignment once or twice throughout the game, but I feel like it's less, uh, sort of, uh, apparent when it's a safety rather than a, a corner because of, a uh, a, a matchup, um, you know, you don't, you don't always see, uh, safety one-on-one, um, issues throughout throughout an entire game like you do on a corner so uh if he is sort of uh responsible in the slot responsible for cd lamb for for a game in the slot then i would feel a lot more comfortable uh or confident in in the in the defense defensive performance i feel like when a corner is out it's easy to take advantage there versus uh when a safety is a little weaker but um that that might just be a recency bias because of of this past performance. But uh yeah, I mean uh, on the other side, like Gardner Minshew had a had a pretty good game for not playing all year. uh 24 for 40, 355 yards, two touchdowns, two picks that arguably were Quez Watkins fault <laughs> a bit. I mean, he still threw them, but um Quez Watkins having a horrific game. Uh, not not really going to the ball strong um not sort of playing defense when you know uh, some sometimes uh a, a bad decision by the quarterback can make it look like it's the receiver's fault if he's not fighting for the ball or you know moving to play defense. I feel like uh a receiver playing playing defense in a situation looks bad on the quarter on the quarterback, but uh just sort of not, not making a hustle play uh, to at least bat the ball away, something like that, um, you know, and, and, and being uh, compared directly to the other receivers that are out there. AJ Brown, Devante Smith is, uh, you know, not, not easy. So, or, or it's easy to, to, to blame Quez a little more, but either way, it was two, two picks uh, not ideal. Um, AJ Brown had a big game, uh, the, the, the one big pass to him, he ended up, uh, with, uh, six catches, 103 yards. I think the one big play was like 67 yards or something like that. Big, big catch and run. Uh, Devante Smith had a stellar game. Uh, he catches 113 yards two two touchdowns, um, hit the thousand yard mark with, uh, AJ Brown. So 2000 yard receivers, uh pretty pretty good um for that uh the the run game definitely suffered with hurts uh not in there and uh on and and the the passing game did did too I mean i i I think we we talked about it, but um off off pod, but uh i I was really noticing Jalen's absence with Gardner's throws like they were. Uh, there were more contested catches. There were a couple from uh, Devante Smith catching it high in the air, getting hit. Uh, I think Dallas Goddard had one of those. Um, there, there was the one against the giants where Devante or Devonte Smith should have gotten lit up on, on a play, but uh, the giant safety um, forgot his name is love or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, he, he just like, took a bad angle. Um, but there, there were a lot of those, there were a lot of balls that like were kind of late or or not in the right spot or not precision passes that, uh, Jalen usually makes. And, uh, you know, you kind of see when one piece is off, like a lot of the, the completions, the receivers were wide open. So like, whether that, you know, it's a combination of the play call, Steichen and, and Nick and, uh, and the re- talented of the receivers. Um, I You, you could kind of tell Jalen, Jalen's just a, a notch better and Gardner doesn't hey. make all the throws Jalen does. So, or I should say a few notches better. So uh, I think Jalen was pretty missed and uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of Twitter saying like, Oh, they win that game by 20. If Jalen's in there, like, I, I I think there's some truth or a lot of truth to that. Um, you know, you wouldn't have had the, the shaky handoffs, uh, probably less one or zero interceptions. Um, you know, they, they kind of play a little different, like the, even the Quez interceptions, like, it seemed like they were. It was like a. a he was running slow. He's like slow to the ball. He was just like slow. Like I don't think we've seen a, a lack of focus or or hustle when Jalen was in there all, all year. So it was an interesting thing to see. They felt like the a normal average Eagles team. Like, uh, they they didn't feel as special, um, as as they have at, at most of the time this year. So uh, Jalen, Jalen was certainly missed. And, um, you know, Miles Sanders, 21 carries, 65 yards of fumble. Kenny Gainwell had four carries. Um, Boston Scott had the fumble off the bad exchange. So, you know, they, they never really got the run game going. And I think that made the passing game a little harder. Uh, Minshew still through for 355 yards. So like the, the Eagles with a, a much lesser quarterback still put up 34 on Dallas's defense, which is a top five defense on the road. Uh, third uh, of a three game road stand or road trip. Uh, you know, I, I, think there's a silver lining in, in all of this, but um, uh, I, I think that it's a, it's a much tougher, uh, road ahead if it's, if it's Minshew for an extended period of time.
1: Yeah, I came away, um, pretty, uh, encouraged by Minshew's performance. Um, I heard this, Bo Wolf, um, he, he, uh, he put this stat out. If you take away all the turnovers from the Eagles this season and just look at their offensive performance on non turnover related plays you look at it on an EPA basis. So grading, whether a play is successful or not, the, um, Minshew's performance on Saturday was actually the second best offensive performance of the season. Um, so I, I, I thought that was interesting. Like, basically I need the eye test bears it out as well. Like the Eagles move the ball at will, especially when you put aside the four turnovers. And I know that you, that's pretty much the, the indicator of how this game went like you can't give a ball four times. Um, was it the Cowboys got 20 points off those four turnovers? Yeah, so, yeah, they I mean, when you're in a 20 point hole, and it's...
0: the first three turnovers were all touchdowns. It wasn't until the fourth turnover they only had the field goal, which ended up being huge that they could have came back and scored a touchdown to win, but
1: yeah, definitely. Um so overall, like I, I agree with with what you're saying about Minshew. Like there's some balls that you know on a crisper throw, um, you know, receiver has a little bit more room to find a lane and make a bit more of a play after. But overall, I'd say it's about what I expected, maybe even a little bit higher um, than what I was coming into the game as far as what Minshew was able to do for the team. Um, yeah, there's just the reality of like there were certain parts of the game where like he has a little bit of room out in front of him we're just like oh that's like a first down like what are you doing just like tuck the ball get the first down move on to the next of downs and then you remember that it's not hurts and that's those aren't gimme yards like there's like a linebacker closing in from eight yards who's going to like lay a hit on him if he takes that um yeah I-, I feel confident about Minshew for another week if ultimately that's what it is. Um today's practice report was for a walkthrough and Hertz did not participate, which I think is pretty indicative of um how the rest of the, pre- the how the rest of the week will go practice wise and ultimately if he'll be available or not. I'm operating uh on the assumption that he won't be available this week, even though there was a report that said um if the eagles didn't beat the cowboys that hurts would be like pushing extra hard um but eagles just need to win this week or next week and i think the team knows that and they feel confident in that likelihood so I, i think they'll be conservative here give them another week resting and have them for when it really matters but yeah i thought Minshew was good um it's interesting
0: that uh Minshew like we we both have a similar outlook on Minshew and Minshew looked like kind of rattled for most of the game like he was throwing off his back foot he looked a little skittish for for a lot of the time He still like was slinging the ball which was great um and and I didn't feel like there was any Every time the Cowboys scored, like I felt that the Eagles could score right back. Like it, it felt like a, a shootout of sorts, but he was kind of, uh, uh, a bit skittish, like throwing off his back foot. It felt like his, his throws weren't really like with authority or confidence, uh, for, for at least the first half.
1: See, I only felt, I only felt that, um, like I felt for most of the game, he was pretty loose and relaxed and the camera even cut to my one point, he was just kind of like chilling and like bopping his head. Um, but the one point in the game where it felt like he was on a, like a little bit more extra alert was, um, in the last drive of the game where I think they have a minute forty you to go down the field. Ultimately, they don't, uh, get points there on the turnover on downs, but that's when the, the Cowboys were sending a lot of pressure. Pressure was getting on. Um, this is after Lane Johnson exits, so you got just flat right tackle. Um. That was when I think he was being like a little uh conservative and cautious about extending a play because obviously you're worried about uh getting sacked there, losing some crucial yardage, and also the clock running. Um, but another theme was like you just got the sense that like he did not want to take any negative plays and he avoided sacks the whole day um yeah which he is a good threw thing, it away but, a lot yeah on the other end of things you are taking away potential big plays of um you know scramble plays or just extending the play with your legs seeing what happens downfield even if it's off script and those are things that jalen really um Adds that most teams can't count on. You know, most of these quarterbacks you're lucky if they can extend plays in a good way. Uh we all know Carson Wentz was kind of like live or die by that. Uh scrambling out of the pocket, but that's Mincho. Most backup quarterbacks don't have the luxury of that, so that kind of comes with the territory of the situation they're in.
0: Yeah, so uh Uh, As far as injuries, uh, you talked about. uh, Vontae Maddox is uh, out indefinitely with the toe. Um, CJ Gardner Johnson is eligible to come off IR, but has not been activated, which bucks the trend of uh, activating guys off IR on Wednesday. Wednesday's practice. Um, I'm not sure how many of them have been off of. Uh I guess this would be a long yeah. week, but or sort it, of a, a Saturday game
1: window, not the activation. The practice the practice window. The day, day before the
0: game. Um uh, Lane Johnson, who suffered a, I believe like torn abdominal something yeah, or other. An abductor um, tendon. Yeah. Uh so he's out for the rest of the season and will re- forego surgery. Until after the postseason, uh, which is uh, sort of <laughs> kind of unreal. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, it's something he can rehab and uh, not have it uh, be too much of a hindrance. I'm not. I'm. Not, I. I don't know if there's a full uh, medical report uh, out. On on if it's just pain tolerance, I it seems like it's just pain tolerance. If it's torn, I don't know if you could tear it even more, but that that kind of uh injury feels like he could tweak it in a game and just like you know kind oh, of be yeah. out. There's so. no
1: guarantee that like, um, you can make it through a whole game.
0: Yeah, so that's tough. Uh Jordan Davis still in concussion protocol did not uh go through the walkthrough today with that injury designation. Um
1: Yeah, Yeah. while we're we're talking about the injuries, Jalen Hurts didn't practice today. It was a walkthrough, but I think that kind of puts a damper on the likelihood he plays this week. Um, And then a surprise one, uh, Miles Sanders with a knee injury. Now this was a walkthrough, so maybe they're just giving him an extra day of rest, but that's not how it's – Mark down here. Um, and also AJ Brown within the injury as well. So.
0: Just, oh, Jordan Davis was limited. He, he did. Yeah. He did he's, he's in the
1: concussion protocol. So until he's clear, he can play in a limited capacity, I believe. Right. Um, so yeah, kind of a, a rash of injuries, especially of key players at the moment, Eagles really need to take care of business. Um, Owen would go a long way in kind of giving the team a respite, especially in the preventative way, which would be really nice if they could rest starters uh, in the final week of the season.
0: Yeah, and the, the Saints aren't without their uh, injuries as well. Uh, Alvin Kamara did not participate today. Left guard Andrews Pete did not participate. Marcus May. Uh, their safety, former New York Jet, did not participate. There's a couple guys out with uh, illness. Marshawn Lattimore, their their top corner, has an abdomen. He was limited. Chris Olave, their first-round wide receiver has a hamstring. He was limited. Yeah, uh,
1: he, he didn't play last week because of that injury, so that's that's a key one to watch. He's right now their number one wide receiver because um, Michael Thomas, he's out for the year. He's had a very unfortunate past few seasons after being one of the best in the league uh lander's out uh, Deonte hearty's out so if alave makes it back this week that'll be big for them and if he's out it makes their offense that much more thin at the receiver position
0: yeah uh let's get into more of the the saints here they're they're six and nine currently in second place in the nfc south uh, losing both times to to Tampa. Um they'll they'll have Andy Dalton going. Um, Jameis Winston is is th- just the backup or is he he was injured earlier in the year? Um
1: I believe he was the starter for the year. And I forget was through what method if it was injury or if it was a punching, but I think it was a bit like the Heineke situation, which is like a soft pencil. Yeah, just
0: whoever's the hot hand. Yeah. Uh
1: Sprinkle and so, Taysom Hill here and there.
0: Yeah. They're coming off a two-game win streak. Uh home against Atlanta and at Cleveland. They won last week. Haven't uh scored more than 21 points in uh either of those games in their last four games. Uh they're they're Uh, last time they scored over 21 was November, uh, 20th week 11 against the Rams. Um, let's see against playoff type teams. They, uh, they lost twice to Tampa. They lost to Minnesota. They lost to the Bengals. They lost to Baltimore. They lost to San Francisco. So they, they haven't beaten a, uh, uh playoff team the I, I guess their best win was probably against Seattle week five, I would say. So they uh they've struggled against uh you know good teams this year. Uh so that's positive for yeah for this that matchup. Was, that
1: was a Taysom Hill week too. So mm. week where he kind of went off.
0: Uh they come in as uh six and a half point favorites. Uh, with the over under at 44 so that's an implied square of Eagles 25 since 19 uh you know it's a it's a game outside of clinching outside of draft picks like that uh should be a win um i I'd say their their strong suit is their their defense uh Cameron Jordan's been there forever great defensive end uh they have a good uh, safety pair and Marcus may if he plays in Tyron Matthew, uh, of course, Marshawn Lattimore is a, a really good corner. So they they're good up front. They're good in the secondary. Um they've they've kept their uh, opponents to, you know, under 20 points, uh the last one, two, three, four, uh, five, six, seven, eight uh, weeks. Uh, they have two shutouts this year. So it's it's a defense that uh, shouldn't be taken lightly, um, despite their their record. Um, you know, Andy Dalton falls into quarterbacks that uh, the Eagles usually feast on that that kind of tier. Uh, so you know, it it should be a a winnable game um, outside of the the stakes. I think the Eagles are going to come out uh, angry. Um, that, that they lost to, to Dallas, uh, looking to, to respond, uh, in a big way. And, um, I, 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 I think that they're a lot deeper, uh, even with backups than, than the Saints. So, yeah, and
1: I'm looking at the weather here. Of course, the game will be in Philadelphia, so you're hoping for mm-hmm. kind of, uh, a, a weather supposed to rain, isn't it? Weather advantage. It's going to be kind of a mild, uh. Mild December day. It'll be.
0: It'll be January.
1: January, right? It'll be a high of fifty-four, a low of forty-two. So yeah, oh, there you go. Things kind of benefiting benefiting there. If you're going off the theory of warm weather team, um, yeah, this. I mean, I know a team. Uh, it's a bit reductive, but like six and nine, they're in an incredibly weak division um, they still have a chance, albeit a very small chance of making the playoffs. So there's both teams having, um, motivations for this game, but the Saints right now, they're just very beat up on offense. Um, mentioned Andy Dalton needs the starter. Uh, they do kind of rotate Jason Hill in as they're kind of a uh, Swiss army knife. He can be taken snaps at quarterback as a passer, but even more frequently, more of a wildcat running back. He also takes snaps at tight end. Um, Alvin Khmer had kind of a down year. He's, he hasn't been as uh, explosive a running back or just a playmaker. <clears throat> Chris Olave, he's, he's, he's been really good. Um, very productive rookie for them. A rookie in a very impressive rookie class. A wide receiver. Um, like I mentioned, he missed last week due to a hamstring injury. Uh, today he was a limited participant because of that hamstring injury, and I think it's important to note that all last week he was a limited participant and ultimately he didn't play. Um, I feel like the odds of him <clears throat> playing are pretty good, but you know, there's no guarantee, especially with that type of injury. Um, besides him at wide receiver, they're pretty thin. Um Harry Clon Smith, former Temple Owl, I believe, and Rashid Shahid, um, which is a guy that I'll admit very openly I haven't heard of before. <clears throat> uh, Juwan Johnson. He's their big, um, big body tight end. He's got seven touchdowns on the year, but he's not much of like a explosive playmaker. He's just kind of a big target there. Um, and this line, it's it's not a great line. Um, they lose to Ron Armstead in free agency. Um, they replaced him with Trevor Penning, their first round pick, who <clears throat> he was injured, and now he's been relegated as kind of a sixth offensive lineman so right now they have it as james hurst um left guard and just pete uh, he's coming off an injury um something to note he might not be playing this week right now they have him as questionable um they're the lines decent they're they're without caesar ruiz who was uh i believe a round two pick a few years ago so They're kind of running thin at multiple spots and notably offensive line. So I I think this is a good opportunity for the Eagles defensive line to continue to feast and get to the quarterback and have a good day.
0: All right, you wanna get into predictions? Sure thing.
1: All right, right, that's a a perfect segue for my first first prediction here. Brandon Graham gets a sack and his first double-digit sack season in the process. Uh, right now, he's at nine. Um, so it'll also allow the Eagles to be the first team in NFL history to have four players with at least double-digit sacks. Um, so he'll be joining Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, and Javon Hargrave. And currently, um, the Eagles, as a team, they are one short of the single-season team record of 62. So. One would tie it, two would push him over the edge. So let's have him breaking that record in the process, which um, the team said in 89 with Buddy Ryan. And just for kind of for end of season record, if you're wondering um, if they get 12 sacks between this upcoming week against the Saints and next week against the Giants, if they get 12 between the two weeks, uh, they'll set the NFL all-time team record. Which was set by the eighty four Bears. So, yeah, great. I think it's a good day for the defensive line, and they've had. Um, I don't remember the last game they've they've had a bad day, so I think that continues.
0: Great. Um, I'll uh I'll go simple here. I think Dallas Goddard gets back on the touchdown board. Uh, last week three receptions, sixty seven yards, still. Still a productive performance, but not really featured at all, I think, with um, A.J. Brown uh, a little banged up, Devontae Smith after uh, a, a really, really good performance. Um, uh, I, I think Dallas Goddard gets in there. Give him a nice. touchdown, five catches, 80-some yards, 86 yards.
1: Yeah, yeah I would like to see him get uh, more targets. I think he had a very good week first back from the ir i would like to see just and get some more targets maybe you know I, I think quez watkins he has rightfully gotten his share of criticism this week i think you know going to your playmakers when you need them would make more sense especially without hurts if he is not playing this week so i like that um Second one here, Miles Sanders gets back on track after having his only two fumbles of the season in back to back games. I think he breaks the 100 yard barrier uh, for the first time in three weeks and gets a touchdown. Um, the past few times the Eagles have played the Saints, they've really leaned on Jalen Hurts to be that dual threat quarterback. Um, I think this week they lean on the run. Um, maybe they take the ball out of Minshew's hands a little bit more compared to last week given the Cowboys' weakness at cornerback. It's a little different this week with the Saints. Marshawn Lattimore, if he plays this week, he's top of the league guy. I think he probably follows A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. He gets a, a decent young quarterback in Paul Sinadibo. Um, So I think they, they might lean on Sanders here, give him a good amount of touches. And I, I can't explain what that fumble was about last week. Like, it just didn't even make sense in my mind. Like, I guess he never had a good handle on it, but it just kind of slipped out. Um, you could tell, like, uh, after that snap, he's on the sideline. Like, obviously, he's very bummed, but like, I think he knows the season that he's having in a contract here. And even in the the post-game press conference, he was just, you know, very upfront about it. He's like, no, it's unacceptable. So I think he'll be back to to form, and I think we'll have a good game.
0: Yeah. Um, My second, I got a a defense prediction here. I think they uh, – I agree with your D-line assessment. I think the Eagles defense forces two fumbles, one a strip sack. And uh, uh, the other, uh, I believe T.J. Edwards and the linebackers will have a bounce-back strong performance. T.J. Edwards will force a uh, fumble off of uh, Alvin Kamara. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, two fumble recoveries. I feel like uh, they flashed with uh, interceptions, but not, not as much f- fumble. So.
1: Yeah, that's that's coming off a brutal week where it looked like Linval Joseph had a fumble recovery. And also it looked like Jack Driscoll. Uh, Yeah. Nearly had another, so it would be great to see that fumble luck get reversed. Um, All right, I'll wrap it up here with my third. Darius Slay sets a new season low for Chris Olave in receiving yards, uh, and he holds them to fewer than 40 yards. So, of course, I'm I'm predicting that um, Olave plays this week. Of course, that's no given, given the... Hamstring injury, but Olave's had a good year. Darius Slay is also top of the league cornerback. Uh, if he can do it to Justin Jefferson, he can do it to anyone, especially a rookie. So I have him kind of locking up Chris Olave.
0: Yeah, and uh, my third prediction, sort of in that same vein, I think with Chris Olave getting a lot of attention, uh, Traquan Smith will have a big game. Uh, he'll be the more threatening uh, target uh, let's give him eight, uh, eight catches, uh, 72 yards and, uh, touchdown.
1: Interesting. All right. Before we, uh, before we do part of the game, I want to take a quick little aside, just ask a few questions, especially in regards to these injuries. So, um, how do you think the Eagles handle Lane jo- Lane Johnson's absence? What do you think they do at right tackle?
0: I think they just put Driscoll in. Yeah. I think keep that's, everyone the same.
1: I agree. I think that's the most likely outcome. I do, however, wonder if since they know Lane Johnson will be out the next two weeks minimum with the most optimistic uh, outcome being just the next two weeks. They could, in theory, move lotta to right tackle and put Dillard in at left tackle. I know that's moving um, one of your starters over, but if you know that you're doing that two weeks minimum and you know that coming into this week, it wouldn't be the most uh, cumbersome decision. I I obviously think that's a lot of Moving work to do compared to just slotting in uh, a guy that I think they think is reliable in Jack Driscoll, but I'm curious if that's like they wouldn't do that in game, and of course they didn't do that in game when Lane Johnson left. But if they know that coming into this week, and they know that they'll have to have, um, you know, if they know that they don't have Lane Johnson the next two weeks, that could be worth the investment if they feel better with. Mylotta at right tackle and Dillard at left. I I
0: I just think that it would be more beneficial in the event that Lane plays and gets hurt in the playoffs that they would realistically put Driscoll back in, which then they would have gotten two plus games uh, practice with or experience with that look instead of switching it up only for them to switch it back for Lane to get hurt. And then they switch it back Again, so I, yeah, I think the consistency point. if if Lane is out uh that it makes the most sense to just put Driscoll in, and that will be what happens in the playoffs as well, but
1: yeah, that's a good point. I do wonder what their backup right tackle plan is because unfortunately, when Jack Driscoll has been in
0: Josh sills
1: he has never been in long he's never been in for long um. Mm-hmm yeah i ultimately i think they'll probably just have just out right tackle and he's i'd say he's been about league average when when he's able to stay in there which unfortunately like he's just had his own uh injury troubles um all right my next one here cj Char- uh cj garner johnson is he playing this week and if so where to uh, I'm gonna to say no.
0: Time. I'm gonna say no. Um. Yep. So okay,
1: and I, you know, we. I, see... I think
0: that there's some element to. They played this well against Dallas. They have two like l- much much lesser teams coming in to Philly. Uh, they're they're hoping to steal the Saints game. Uh, without.
1: So similar to like what 19. they did with the bears game and Dallas got hurt. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think there's a good chance that happens.
0: So um, if they lock it up, then they won't have the decision next, next week. Like he can just stay rehabbing or, right. or get some reps in that way. But uh, I, I, I feel like, to rush people back if they're not ready just to clinch the one seed and possibly get injured again for the playoffs even if it would be a three-week layoff mm-hmm. is not ideal
1: I, I do wonder how they make the determination that like you're ready to come back from a last hurt of kidney like are they is that like an ultrasound is that a I'm not how, a how doctor do you, how do you how do you even get in there and see what the status of that kidney is
0: i wonder if uh, there was uh you know you're not peeing blood anymore
1: like oh, God. well i hope after four weeks he's not yeah i i did see i for, forget which to be but i did see that there's you know they saw that like he was in the locker room he looked like he just got in a good workout like he was sweaty um and seemed to be in good spirit with his teammates like the guys in the secondary so that makes me think like you know they don't have to I don't quite know what the rules are for practice and i r but I know while they're on the i r and until they're activated, they don't have to give any like status reports on the injury. It's not until he's on the fifty three that they have to do that, so it's just I don't know like I don't think there's much of like gamesmanship here, I think it's kind of um. You know, like I don't think the Saints would prepare differently if they knew that he was playing rather than he's on the IR a, another week. But I, I think he would, as long as he's healthy and they, the doctors give him the green light, I think Eagles could really use him, especially with Maddox being out indefinitely. Um, yeah, and just like assuming that he's not activated, like what what do they do differently um with Josiah Scott do they i
0: think i think they I uh maybe if if their plan is to put cj there i think they just uh keep the blankenship wallace duo at that second safety spot and keep josiah scott in at the slot in the slot and uh i think that would be easier to pull him out and uh yeah be the backup again
1: i have seen like a an online clamoring for uh craven leblanc this week and yeah i, that's, I did that's, see that's it. Where, you know, he tweeted English that he loves philly bad. too <laughs> yeah yeah that's um, funny but like I'm, I'm curious like would they trust the mcpherson in the slot i'm guessing not since they haven't tried it but like i don't know it could also be the, like All right. Not every week will the opposing team have like a CD Lamb who can kind of just slide in and cause havoc.
0: Yeah. I also think McPherson's an outside corner. I don't know how interchangeable they are, but.
1: Yeah. I know he's uh, more of the rangy guy. He's not like. Like CJ
0: wasn't an outside corner. He was a slot corner or safety. So.
1: Um, And I guess last one, like, is it Minshew or is it Hurts this week?
0: I think it's Minshew.
1: And like, you're, you're pretty sure you're like, Hmm, you know, maybe I changed my mind on Friday. I
0: mean, if I'm, if I'm betting, uh, there's no indication as of now, uh, Mm -hmm. that Jalen will practice and play.
1: So you're not swayed by the report that if the Eagles lose against the Cowboys, that hurts. Well, he didn't
0: participate in a walkthrough. So.
1: Yeah. I do think it's kind of funny. The, um,
0: if he practices tomorrow, like full practice, then, then maybe, but even if he's limited, I, I feel like limited to two days before the game is not ideal.
1: Yeah. Of course, we, we don't really truly know what is happening when Nick goes up uh, and talks during his press conference and he's just like uh, giving so much praise to Hertz's his toughness and uh, competition and all that stuff like, you know, he, he heals faster because he like, he tries harder and he does all this stuff. If he does that like two weeks in a row and he doesn't play, that's when you start to like raise your eyebrow, like, all right, Nick, like you're just going to go up there and say, well, it whatever. is a
0: serious, like it's a strained shoulder of a quarterback is having an MVP season going into the playoffs, trying to clinch the one seed. So it's not a, a great situation. And uh, if, if it was earlier in the year or, or whatever, they, uh, probably would, uh, he would probably miss some time. So, you know, if it's the middle of the season or something like that, he, he could, he could miss three games because you you need Mm -hmm. him for the long run. So I think Mm -hmm. they're, they're thinking playoffs and, and all that. So.
1: Alrighty. Um, well, that'll lead me into my player of the game prediction. I'm going to go with the guy who had a heck of a game last week, and that's Devonte Smith. Um, you mentioned he broke the thousand-yard barrier. He had two touchdowns. He had a great contested catch, and we've seen so many of them this year. And the margin between he and A.J. Brown on a given week is getting thinner and thinner. Like The Eagles really have quite the tandem here, um, certainly in the discussion for best in the league. I think um, if Lattimore plays this week, he'll mostly be filing A.J. Brown. Not to say that that means you shouldn't be thrown at him because you should always throw to A.J. Brown regardless of who's covering him. But I think Devontae Smith, he has a good day. Gets, I mean, he, he's always finding separation. He's always making big plays. And I think like every passing week is... If you didn't think his confidence level is high, it's, it's already getting higher. So I think Gardner, trust him. We saw that last week and I think, um, you know, on tough passing downs and they need to third down or they're in the red zone, they need a touchdown. I think Devontae is going to be the guy.
0: Yeah, I think that's a very safe, uh, pick, um, my pick, uh, I said it earlier, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, uh. Not flashy pick, but a potential good one, TJ Edwards. I think a uh, force fumble, um, you know, a, a, a team that runs through Kamara a bunch, especially with the receivers out. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense that a uh, guy up front or in the middle will will have a big performance. So give me TJ Edwards, player of the game.
1: Nice. Um do you think Jordan Davis plays this week? No, no. All right. So um, he wasn't really seeing a line share of snaps to begin with, but Linval quietly has been playing well. I thought we, we didn't mention it, but I thought the Eagles did a good job of containing the run against the Cowboys or run first team. I think. Yeah. I mean, Tony
0: Pollard, <laughs> Tony Pollard had a couple of big, big plays. I feel like some were like screens, but yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they 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 felt pretty contained.
1: All right, uh, final score prediction here. I'm going with the birds, twenty-seven to twenty-one. Uh, so I have them winning, but not covering. And again, that number one seed resting their starters and sitting back on a wild card weekend.
0: Yeah, I like that. I also have a win. Eagles thirty-four saints
1: 20. wow a blowout does that mean ian books seen revenge snaps
0: i don't know <laughs> i doubt it <laughs>
1: love the honesty oh man um yeah i think this is the week they clinch and boy do they need to do it if beforehand. they don't
0: if they don't do it then it's gonna make this Giants game. the 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 giants uh, need to win out, I believe, to to get in. So, but they need a lot of other help. I forget their mm-hmm. scenario, but there there's a possibility that that they will have something to play for against the Eagles, which will be even tougher if they don't clinch this week. So big,, right. big week to win, draft pick on the line. Right. Um. That's that's another factor there, and hopefully it will prevent the Saints from uh, winning that division. So. Right.
1: so right now that pick is number 10 overall, I believe. So as high as the pick will go, it will certainly be in the Eagles' best interest not to just win and clinch the number one seed, but obviously improve their draft pick both in the first and second round, right?
0: Yeah think so
1: I think we have the first outright and I don't know all those details get a little fuzzy but I feel like we have their second round pick or something but that maybe that's Mm -hmm. next year it gets a little fuzzy when they keep on trading stuff
0: yeah we're not in a draft mind space right now except for this pick so first round pick
1: and like I gotta think that C.J. Gardner Johnson is like in that locker room like I think this game means a lot for him because he didn't, he didn't ultimately get a deal from them. There was like character concerns, I think, factored in that trade, and he's certainly been a contributing um, player to a lot of the wins this year. I, I think he's still leading the league or is like tied for the league in interceptions. So <laughs> he hasn't played in four weeks, and I think he's still either at the top or at the top in the league.
0: Pretty good. Pretty good. All right. Well, we'll be back uh, post-game, um, post-New Year. Happy New Year to everyone. And uh, go Birds. For Mike, I'm Ian. Thanks for listening.